New, new, new black, new, new black Wall Street book club. Evan Jefferson, brother, much love. Educating, elevating, because in knowledge is the power and we'll never give it up. <laughs> Literature is for the masses. Where to put your money down the how to watch your assets. Yeah, uplifting others is a passion. My brother Evan, he will turn it into action. New Black Wall Street Book Club. You should come read with come us. Read with us. Yeah, we comprehend and discuss. Yeah. If we all just come together, there's no limit for there's us. No limit for us. <laughs> Here comes your host, New Black Wall Street. Evan, take it away. New Black Wall Street Book Club. Welcome to the New Black Wall Street Book Club, where black folk do read. If you put it in a book, we absolutely will find it. I'm your host, ERGJ, your certified financial educator, CEO of ERGJ Enterprises, ERGJ Black Bazaar, and international best selling author of the book. The Black Billionaires Club. It's a study of black wealth. It's a study of the 12 richest black people in the world today and how they built their wealth. And I just believe that if you want to be wealthy, you should study wealthy people. We can find that book by going to the website www.theblackbillionairesclub.com www.theblackbillionairesclub.com You'll find that link in the description above or below. But hey, let's start tonight with our affirmation of the day. This is what we call our appetizer. Appetizer before we get to the good stuff, the, 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 the meat of stuff. So it's our appetizer, affirmation of the day. Today is September 5th. And we are still here. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> He's given us another opportunity to make a difference in this world. Our affirmation for today simply says this, and I repeat after me. Uh, today, today, I will develop a health consciousness and begin to enjoy the benefits of sound health. Today, I will develop a health consciousness and begin to enjoy the benefits of sound health. Let's do it one more time. Repeat after me. Today, I will develop a health consciousness and begin to enjoy the benefits of sound health. And that is our affirmation of the day. This is something that you want to, uh, you know, allow to take, 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 you know, uh, take root into your heart, your subconscious, and you begin to grow and develop that thing by repeating it over and over and over again until it brings forth a harvest into your life. Today, I will begin to develop. I will develop a health consciousness and begin to enjoy the benefits of sound health. As we get older and older, beautiful people, our health becomes so, I mean, it becomes, it's always important, but we seem to make it, it becomes way more important to us as we get older because your health is your wealth. Uh, but your health, the, the, the way in which you deal with your health, the way in which we deal with our health, it all begins with how we think, our consciousness behind health. And when we don't have a healthy consciousness, we continue, we continue to feed ourselves trash. But as we develop a healthy conscience, we say, no, I can't eat that trash no more. I want to make sure that I'm here. I got to live a long life. So I got to watch what I eat. Can't eat everything like I used to eat because I am developing a healthy consciousness 
to enjoy the everybody putting the gospel benefit the benefits of sound health that's our affirmation today today I would develop a health consciousness and begin to enjoy the benefits of sound health well of course beautiful people that is our appetizer for today uh, that is our affirmation appetizer that we start with before we get to the meat of what we're discussing and we are coming in, the, in from the book what makes the great great A quick word from our sponsor. Don't just buy black, decorate black. ERGJ Black Bazaar is the Afrocentric marketplace, and we specialize in urban home decor. Anything from shower sets to wall tapestries to duvet cover sets, you can decorate your entire home with original black art inspired gifts. Check us out at www.ergjblackbazaar.com, www.ergjblackbazaar.com. ERGJ Black Bazaar, the Afrocentric marketplace. We make group economics easy. In today's episode of the New Black Wall Street Book Club, we continue along in our journey into the book, What Makes the Great Great, Strategies for Extraordinary Achievement by Mr. Dennis P. Kimbrough. What Makes the Great Great, Strategies for Extraordinary Achievement by Mr. Dennis Kimbrough. Now, we are now moving into Chapter 7 which is the greatest victory, triumph of the human spirit. So we're now in the chapter seven, the greatest victory, which is the triumph of the human spirit in the book, What Makes the Great Great by Mr. Dennis P. Kimbrough. And so let's start by going through uh, our, our first, I guess you could say our intro into this chapter. Uh, as it talk, we're gonna be talking about the school of hard knocks, four steps to attain the greatest victory, and who is holding you back. And he always starts by giving us a few quotes uh, to uh, kind of give us a foundation for um, his chapters. And so here's the quotes that he's picked for uh, his chapter seven, The Greatest Victory. Uh, one from Thomas Paine, it says this, and I quote, the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we, obta what we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. Tis dearness only that gives everything its value. The harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. Tis dearness only that gives everything its value. That's our first quote from Thomas Paine. Second quote uh, for this chapter, The Greatest Victory, it comes from Seneca. And I quote, The good things of prosperity are to be wished, but the good things that belong to adversity are to be admired. The good things of prosperity are to be wished, but the good things that belong to adversity are to be admired. That comes from Seneca. Here's our third quote for this chapter of The Greatest Victory, Triumph for the Human Spirit, from James J. Cornett, Corbett. And I quote, When your feet are so tired that you have to shuffle back to the center of the ring, fight one more round. When your arms are so tired that you can hardly lift your hands to come on guard, 
fight one more round. When your nose is bleeding, your eyes are black, and you're so tired that you wish your opponent would crack you on the jaw and put you out to sleep, fight one more round. Remember, the man who always fights one more round is never whipped. Let's do this again. I like that quote from James J. Corbett. When your feet are so tired that you have to shuffle back to the center of the ring, fight one more round. When your arms are so tired that you can hardly lift your hands to come on guard, fight one more round. When your nose is bleeding, your eyes are black, and you are so tired that you wish your opponent would crack you on the jaw and put you out to sleep, fight one more round. Remember, the man who always fights one more round is never whipped. And here's our last quote. Comes from none other than the wonderful Maya Angelou as we get our four quotes to get us started to build a foundation on the chapter seven of what makes the great, great, the greatest victory. Maya Angelou. And I quote, Again, I rise. Again, I rise. Let's get into this. The greatest victory, triumph of the human spirit. Let's read. What is it about the human psyche that gives us the power to hold on? What catalyst, what force, what intangible energy allows one to succeed where hundreds dropped in their tracks? We hear a great deal of talk about genius, talents, intellect, Personality, vision, courage, playing a large part in one's success. Yet, it's true. All of these factors are important elements. Yet, the possession of any or, or all of these traits, unaccompanied by the greatest victory, will not ensure success. What power trounces tragedy, devastates defeat, conquers chaos, routes ruin? and brushes aside misfortune. What makes you so strong? There's a quality of personality that the truly great possess, no matter how they differ otherwise. Call it a sense of quiet assurance, but never mistake it for lack of a backbone. It's that low-key attitude of command based on self-knowledge that effectively says, I've, I've been tried in some tough situations and I've passed the test. I know who I am. There's no need to impress anyone else with regard to my own importance. Life comes equipped with hazard and pain. Though we may try to escape these maladies, we search for a smooth path for comfort and security, for cheering friends and unbroken success. But the Creator ordains storms and disasters, hostilities and sufferings, and the grand question of whether or not we shall reach our objectives in spite of these challenges rests within the heart and soul of the divine. What makes you so strong? Many people whom we consider great have overcome incredible struggles. More than a few have seen everything go up in smoke. Some have endured disease, loss of family and friends, homelessness, bankruptcy, bouts of depression bordering on suicide, or accidents so horrific it seems a miracle the victim survived. All have danced with disaster. Yet it isn't the tragedy that forms the essence of a great comeback. 
It's the individual's tenacity, perseverance, will to win, and the triumph of the human spirit. Everybody put it also hashtag triumph. The triumph, T-R-I-U-M-P-H, of the human spirit. If you lack this trait by nature, you must cultivate it. With it, you can succeed. You can make difficulties easier. You can make opposition give way. You can force doubt and hesitancy to yield to confidence and assurance. How many centuries of justice would it take to produce a Martin Luther King? As blessed as fairness is, it could never craft a Jackie Robinson. Few knew Barbara Jordan until the great weight of discrimination and sexism showed on her face. It was poverty that made Clara Hale rich. Decades of wealth couldn't create a single Fannie Lou Hamer. Perhaps Nat Turner and Denmark Vesey would have never been known to history had it not been for slavery. And as fortunate as it was, as unfortunate as it was, it took death, not life, to call forth Merle Evers. When you challenge the human spirit, you demand the best. When you challenge the human spirit, you demand the best. The greatest triumph, I mean the greatest victory. Triumph of the human spirit. He never let deafness stand in the way of his dream. He never let deafness stand in the way of his dream. Kenny Walker, age five, was playing with his six-year-old brother Gus near their Denver home. What's that funny looking thing in your ear, kid? A neighborhood boy yelled at Kenny. Kenny didn't answer. He didn't even know he was being taunted about the hearing aid he had just been fitted for, but Gus knew. You deaf, the bully teased? I'm talking to you. Clenched his fist, Gus felt his heart pound. He's deaf, leave him alone. He's deaf, all right, deaf and dumb. In a moment, punches were flying and Gus and the antagonists were rolling on the ground. In 1969, when he was two, Kenny Walker had contracted spinal meningitis. After a week of a high fever and suffering, he survived, but he had lost his hearing. Times were tough for his parents, Julia and Fred Walker, and their six children who lived in Crane, a tiny Texas town. When marital difficulties caused the parents to separate, Kenny's mother, a cafeteria worker, moved to Denver where her son could receive special instruction in sign language, lip reading, and speech therapy. School wasn't easy for the shy boy. Even with his hearing aid, he could barely pick up the sound of his own voice. Hoping to help, Alice... Alice Avstree, an instructor for, her hear for the hearing impaired, took Kenny to speech therapy twice a week after school. She could see him struggling, his inability to communicate, and all the changes in his young life that had built up great frustration in him. Imprisoned by his handicap, he tried to speak, but the sounds were garbled. Suddenly he began crying, then came screams of rage. The tantrums recurred periodically for months before Kenny settled down and poured himself into academics and sports. Kenny enjoyed basketball, but the sport he loved most was football. 
Neighborhood boys spent hours playing a rough freewheeling game in the street. When other children learned that their playmate was deaf, they always chose him last, underestimating his ability. In time, he learned to compensate for his impediment with almost supernatural alertness. During a game, he instinctively seemed to know where everyone was going and what they were doing. His Saturday afternoons were spent watching college football games on television. For Kenny, the team that made the biggest impression wore scarlet and cream with the letter N on their helmets. That's the team I'm going to play for, he decided. The University of Nebraska. Kenny Walker, deaf. Now he has a dream to play football for the University of Nebraska. Here's my question to you beautiful people. Although you may not have the type of handicap uh, that, 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 that Kenny was dealing with. Um, but a lot of times there is some type of handicap that we're dealing with. Some type of obstacle, some type of challenge. Our own our mental challenges, our own mental handicaps as it relates to us moving forward towards our dream. Do you have a dream like Kenny Walker? And although you might have uh, some shyness, you might be a little fearful. Those are handicaps, by the way. But do you still have a dream like Kenny did to play football for the University of Nebraska? and in the classroom, Kenny gave his all. One season, he led his junior high school basketball team from last place to the league championship. And a high school freshman, he made the honor roll too. But the cost of raising her family in Denver gradually got beyond his mother. She decided to move back to Crane. For Kenny, the change was traumatic. He had many deaf friends in Denver, but Crane had no deaf community. In that small western town tucked near the panhandle, he found himself working twice as hard as his classmates just to say, even. As a result, Kenny languished, turning inward, refusing to allow anyone into his world. Gus saw the shift in behavior and insisted that his brother associate with normal kids. When Kenny became discouraged, as he did from time to time, his older brother talked tough. No one is going to feel sorry for you. He insisted, your deafness can't prevent you from doing anything you want to do. Don't be a quitter. Now, how many of you guys have had somebody in your life come into your life and they speak this way to you? You might have been down on yourself. You might have been looking at yourself in a particular way, but they said, no, baby, not you. Don't be a quitter. Regardless of what makes you different, don't be a a quitter. No one's going to feel sorry for you regardless of what you're going through. Don't be a quitter. Everybody put in the comments, oh, don't quit. Don't be a quitter. Kenny glared at his brother before making a silent vow. After much thought and soul searching, he recalls, I was determined to overcome all obstacles. What I lack in physical abilities, I will make up for with an iron will. By his senior year, Kenny added 15 pounds of muscle to his 6'3", 200-pound frame. He became a lightning-fast defensive end who averaged more than a dozen tackles per game. He made all-state in football and basketball, and as a result, Southern Southwestern powerhouse football programs came calling Texas A&M, Baylor, 
and the University of Oklahoma. Julia Walker asked high school football coach Ricky White to help help select a school that would be best for her son. I want to go to Nebraska, Kenny announced. Nebraska hasn't contacted us, the coach shot back. I want to go to Nebraska, he repeated, as though that settled the matter. Coach White stared at his prized athlete, then picked up the phone and called Nebraska's recruiting coordinator. University offensive line coach Mike Milt Tenoper happened to be nearby in the middle of a recruiting trip. Two hours later, he was in White's office viewing films of Kenny. Tenoper watched three or four plays and turned off the projector. White braced himself, thinking Tenoper had decided the trip was a bit of waste. Can I use the phone, the coach asked. Excitedly, the coach called Nebraska recruiting coordinator. This kid can play. Tenoper told him, let's sign him. Uh-oh. You mean to tell me Kenny about to go get signed in Nebraska? Let's see. So Kenny, uh, Kenny wants it. He's, he's at it. This is what's interesting. What do I love about what we're saying here? This brother, uh, through all of the stuff that he went through, he knew what he wanted. I mean, he had already made up in his mind uh, before he even became an all-star what he wanted, where he wanted to go. He, went, he knew he wanted to go to Nebraska a long time ago. And that was a settle. He had resolved to say, here's what I want. And, and here's the interesting thing, beautiful people. Uh, so many of us simply do not declare. Everybody put God so declare. Declare what we want. Declare where we want to be. This brother here had everything, had so much against him. But he could still set a goal. And it was a clear goal. I want to go to Nebraska. And many of us who don't have the same challenges as Kenny never declare a destination. And we find ourselves just running around aimlessly going after nothing because we never declared a destination. Why not be like Kenny and declare exactly where you want to go? A quick word from our sponsor. If you need help, help yourself. If you need help, help yourself. In Lincoln, home to the Nebraska Cornhuskers football team, Kenny was met by sign language interpreter Minnie Mann from the university's handicapped services office. Soon after that, he accepted a scholarship and at the request of the athletic department, Mann agreed to make a five-year commitment to be Kenny's interpreter. Mann, however, didn't know a thing about football. Defensive line coach Charlie McBride gave her a playbook and long hours of instruction. She and Kenny developed the five, developed 500 sign language signals so that he could understand instantly what the coaches wanted him to do. At first, not all the coaches or fans thought Kenny would make it. After two years in Nebraska, the pressure was so great that he was ready to give up. Longing for the closest of his family, he decided to visit Gus, Gus, who was, the, in the, who was then in the Army stationed at Fort Knox, Kentucky. I've been doing my best, Kenny told his brother after arriving. But I'm not doing well. And besides, I'm having a hard time with my studies. I might even fail. I'm considering dropping out. He loved children, though, and Kenny told his brother, I like to be a school teacher for deaf kids. A teacher needs a college education, Gus snapped. 
So forget about dropping out of school. You've got to give it your best shot. Kenny spent a month with Gus and returned to Lincoln rejuvenated. That fall, he played with a passion and soon found himself the focus of national media attention. By his senior year, Kenny had become a dominating defensive end. One day near to the end of the season, an emotional Charlie McBride walked onto the practice field and said, Kenny, you've made all America. His coach was in tears. Kenny was incredulous. He was the first deaf player ever to win the honor. Then UPI named him its Big 8 Conference Defensive Player of the Year. But clearly, the high point of his collegiate career arrived the last week of the regular season. It had become a tradition for every senior player to be introduced in recognition of his final game. As each player runs onto the field, fans shout and cheer. Before Kenny's final appearance, local media as well as the University Sports Information Office engaged in a conspiracy. The Omaha, the Omaha World Herald, a statewide newspaper, illustrated the sign language symbol of an ovation. Standing, stand, stand holding your hands above your head, spread fingers spread, then wave both hands side to side. Both Kenny's interpreter and his mother, who had come to see him play, made sure that he didn't see the newspaper that morning. They had wanted the gesture to be a complete surprise. That afternoon, Kenny stood in the stadium's tunnel as one senior after another ran onto the field with to a thunderous applause. He could feel the vibrations in his shoulder pads. Then it was his turn. Butterflies in his stomach, he jogged out, but felt no vibrations at all. Puzzled, he stopped, looked up, and around the huge stadium, more than 76,000 fans were standing for him, silently signing an ovation in his language. Kenny stood humbled and overjoyed at the center of this silent rhythmic dance of affection. Then turning around to the, sta the then turning around the stadium, he signed to the fans, "I love you." In April 1991, Kenny Walker was drafted by his old hometown team, the Denver Broncos and became the first black deaf player in NFL history. What makes him so strong? You may ask. What makes him so strong? You may ask. What are the qualities that enable him to triumph over the bleakest circumstances, over his physical disabilities? transcending the pain that embitters others. Call it what you will, determination, persistence, desire, perseverance, confidence, an iron will, true grit, true grit, or the God force. But whatever it is, there's no substitute for it. What makes Kenny Walker so strong and what will strengthen your resolve as you dare to scale the slippery slope of success? Kenny Walker knows. He shared the answer with a group of hearing impaired elementary school children after arriving in Denver. Standing before the students, he signed, Don't feel discouraged or disappointed that you are deaf. If you need help, help yourself. In the comments below, I'd like for you to just ask that simple question. Write this in the comments below. What makes me so strong? I believe that is such a great, powerful question. Because yes, you are strong. Yes, you're still here. But what makes you so strong? See, 
What makes people strong is what they have actually been through and overcome. A lot of us may look at some of the stuff that we've been through and overcome and may not give it, it's, it's just deserved. That has helped me to build my character. It's helped me to be stronger. Because if I never came up against anything that uh, to overcome, I may still be weak. But I had to strengthen myself in order to get through that challenge, in order to get over that, hop, uh, that obstacle, in order to make it through that wall. I had to strengthen myself. And I'm trying to tell you that many of the things that, that, that it's really, I, I'm, I'm, I venture to say that it's way more important to be mentally strong than physically strong. To have a mental fortitude. As you come up against stuff, you say, yeah, that might be in front of me, but it's not going to stop me. What makes you so strong? It's actually the adversity that you have gone through in your life. The challenges that you have uh, that have come against you as you move forward in your process and your journey. The roadblocks that you find along the way. That And you keep moving forward no matter what. What makes you so strong is all of the tragedy and the disaster that you've been through yet, yet, you are still here. If you need help, help yourself. Now that sounds very interesting and funny kind of sort of because like, I need help. I need to get help from somebody. No, you need to first think about this for a second. You need to first help yourself. See, you're more liable to get help from others when you put forth the effort to help yourself. Uh, Chris Rock said it this way. He said, man, there have been plenty of times I've been on the side of the road and when I was out there begging for somebody to come to help me, no one stopped. But as soon as they saw me trying to push my car, everyone stopped. Key is, hey, I was trying to help myself. People appreciated me putting in the effort to help myself. And they willingly stopped to help me. If you need help, start by helping yourself. And then you'll find... Just like we found Forrest Gump taking his run. As he started to run, guess what? Other people started to run with him. As you start to help yourself, guess what? Other people start to help you. It's something to be said about what people can see that you're willing to do for yourself. That you're willing to do for self. I can appreciate that. Because I see you at least putting forth the effort. Now, you may not get, you may not get it all the way done, but you got it started. And now you just need a little help to finish it up. But too many people don't even start. And they just beg. Here's the reason why I believe in the Bible it talks about that beggar uh, at the at the beautiful gate. He's like, hey, give me some money. They said, money I have not, but what we can do, you know what you can do? Rise and walk. Rise and walk. Some of us, we just need that tonight. Rise and walk. If you need help, help yourself. This is the New Black Wall Street Book Club, where black folk do read. If you put in a book, we absolutely will find it. And I'm your host, ERGJ, your certified financial educator, 
and we invite you to join the Black Billionaires Club. Get connected with brothers and sisters who are serious about winning with money, serious about success, and super serious about helping you to accomplish your goals and to build your dreams. Check out the website at www.theblackbillionairesclub.com www.theblackbillionairesclub.com You can find that link in the description above or below. Make a decision to change the rest of your life. We'd ask that you would subscribe and support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help us sustain future episodes to improve financial literacy within our community and ultimately to help us to build the School of Wealth. To build an institution that will teach the next generation about money and your small monthly contribution can make all the difference. Well, says, well, we want to say thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the New Black Wall Street Book Club. We want you to remember this, that it takes a village and it starts with us. Let's build as we climb together. We all we got, people. And thank God that that's more than enough. Until next episode, you know what time it is. Mr. DJ. Hit the music. New, new, new black, new. It's the new black Wall Street book club. Street. With your host, Evan Jefferson. Evan Jefferson. It's time for us to go. Yeah. Now you ain't gotta leave the computer, but we encourage you to get out there and learn and apply all the things you learn at the new black Wall Street book club. Book club. Yeah. Thank you.